Jesus Fix It, the Good Morning Radio podcast with Seth and Jess. Last week, we had a great conversation with Barnabas Piper, and uh, we're going to continue that conversation today's podcast. Now, we explored some of the differences between the consequences that we encounter from our own behavior and decisions, etc., and our actions, and what is the difference between the punishment of God? Yeah, I know, lighthearted and fun. But we're going to continue that today. Again, Barnabas is with us, and thank you again very, very much for spending some time with us. It is an honor to have you with us. Thank you, man. Absolutely. It's an honor. All right, so let's let's just start in, okay? So how do we know the difference in our own lives when something happens? And our first reaction, and I say this because I grew up in a relatively small and very conservative Southern Baptist church environment. And many, many, many times I can remember, at least it was the perception of the message from the pastor, is that... <laughs> If you do this, God is going to punish you. So stop doing it. You're going to get punished. Much like your dad spanks you when you misbehave, God is going to punish you. And I I remember thinking that wow, that's that's not really warm and fuzzy, okay? I you know, I the the punishment aspect from my own father was always offset with hey, you're doing a good job. I love you. Here's a hug. What can I do for you? But I don't remember the message from the pastors being, hey, God loves you. Here's a hug from God. What can, you know, how can you have a relationship? It was always watch it because God's going to punish you. So yeah. in our own life, if if we are dealing with that, how do we recognize the difference between, oh, that's a consequence of our own choices and actions and nope, that was something where God is really trying to tap you on the heart and get your attention. Yeah, I, in terms of a consequence for our own actions, I think that tends to be pretty clear. You know, um, if, if you drive drunk and you crash the car and there's injuries or a DUI or something, like, there, there you go. Like, you just went to jail for your actions. You cost somebody their health for your actions. Those kinds of things are fairly clear. I think the harder situations are kind of the generalized suffering. You know, you think about somebody who, who lost their job, they've applied to 27 jobs, they can't get it, they're in financial hardship, then their health starts to fail. You know, we, we all kind of know people who are just in dire straits. Exactly. And the easy thing to think is, what, what, is God, what is God judging me for? What is he trying to do here? And I think it's, it would be, it's an unbiblical mistake to think in most cases, almost every case, that God is saying, since you did this sinful thing, you are getting this consequence. Job is a really good example. The book of Job really helps us understand the, 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 the suffering in the world and the way that God kind of interacts with it. Because Job was a righteous, upstanding, godly man who not only was godly in following God's law, but in, in parenting. You know, he sacrificed on behalf of his children to, to make sure that they were righteous before God as much as he could. And still, he faced suffering because God allowed Satan to sift him like wheat, as, as uh, I think is what it says. And, and 
And then Job's friends came and basically they spent like 30 chapters going, well, what did you do wrong? Because you wouldn't be in these circumstances if you hadn't sinned. Right. And Job up just defends himself and says, I didn't sin. This is God's doing. And, and it also says, in all of this, Job did not sin with his mouth. You know, he did not curse God. That's important. Mm-hmm. But c- categorically, what we see there is um, suffering, pain, health, death, the loss of, of financial means. These are a product of living in a severely broken world that God is sovereign over, but there's not always a straight line between you sinned and this is your consequence. And God is sovereignly good in it as well, because, and that's, I think that's part of the reason why at the end of Job, he is restored and why there's 10 chapters of God saying, look, you need to be quiet and listen. I was, you know, I created this world. Were you there when I did this? Would you advise me on how to make the snowfall and all these different things where God basically just lays out his power but we really need to wrestle with that reality that pain and suffering are are realities in which we live. God is sovereign over it and in it, but it's not always. In fact, it's rarely a straight line from I didn't trust God, therefore I'm facing this consequence or whatever. There's just a, there's a generalized suffering. And, and God is calling us to something in that. He's calling us to faith and to obedience and to trust him and to, you know, as Paul says, rejoice in the midst of suffering, to count it all joy, my brothers, when you encounter trials of various kinds. For, uh, that was James, but for it brings about endurance and faith. So God is doing things, but there's always more going on than we realize. And we cannot boil it down to God must hate me because this is happening. That's a misunderstanding of who God is and how he depicts himself. So many of us have that misunderstanding, though, and not out, even outside and especially outside of the family of Christians. Um, the, for those of us that have that misunderstanding as Christians, a lot of it can be contributed to we're going on our own interpretation of Scripture. We're, we're not seeking the guidance of those that have dug into it a little bit more. We're not, you know what I'm saying? We're not, we're not, we're not striving to learn more from others that have gone down that path. But I want to turn the attention to individuals who are hurting, who are, um, who for one reason or another have heard of Jesus, who have been introduced to Christianity, and for whatever reason, they have turned their back on the Christianity, and a lot of the conversation I, I have interpreted or I've heard encountered is, why do I want to be part of a religion that says, I can't do this, and I can't do this, and I can't do this, because if you do, I'm going to smite you, or something of that nature. Mm-hmm. How then with the understanding that we have now of the difference between consequence and punishment, how do we then relate to others in a compassionate and loving way the explanation of, hey, you know what? Actions have consequences. This is true. But God's love and grace is, the, is, is a key factor that all of this punishment talk is missing. Yeah. How do we have that conversation? Yeah, I, what do we? How do we start that so that others will hear it and accept it? Yeah, I think I think that that's a it's a really important question because I think 
we often juxtapose and kind of set in opposition to one another the idea of God's justice and God's love or God's, you know, judgment and God's mercy as if, as if God is kind of at war with himself, you know, mm. he's like, well, should I smite them or should I hug them? Kind <laughs> of thing. And, uh, right. and, and that's, which is so, is so unbiblical. It's not the way that God is at all. Um, there's a book by a, a guy named Dane Ortland. He's a pastor in the Chicago area called Gentle and Lowly. And he helped me see something really clearly that that I that that just opened my eyes to to a better understanding of this that I think it would it would help do what you said, which is show that God's love and mercy are defining and justice is is kind of a an aspect of that. So one of the things that he says is that God, when, when the Bible says God is love, it means that God, like God's very heart is loving. He is looking for ways to love. We, as sinful people, constantly flee that love. That's what sin is, essentially, is running away from God's love to do our own thing in some, in some capacity. Justice and, and judgment are necessary consequences, not because God takes pleasure in the inflicting of pain, but in the correction of wrongs. Um, if, if you're a parent and you have a child who's just running rampant and they're running into the street and they're breaking neighbors' windows and they're egging somebody's house and they're slashing people's tires, and you say, well, I love them. I can't, I can't discipline them for that. Mm-hmm. You're not loving them because there's, somebody's going to beat them down. Right. And you're not loving your neighbors because your child is being a disaster. Right. And no, nobody is being loved. So the loving thing to do when that child is fleeing what is just the right way to live is to, is to give consequences. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean beat the child within an inch of his life. That's terrible. It means a corrective. Mm-hmm. Putting the order in place that says... This is how we love our neighbors. This is how we act. This is how you will pay recompense for the damage you've done. Those kinds of things. Right. Take, taking and, action. And all of them lo- love. Yes. It's taking action to correct the wrong behavior. And the difference between us as parents and God is we sometimes don't know exactly what the correct or what the right actions are to perfectly mm-hmm. correct the behavior, but God does. Well, and, and we don't have any power over our children's hearts. You know, we're, we're trying to correct actions and, and in prayer that their hearts will say, oh, this is, this is a wonderful, rich way to live following Jesus. You know, God does have the ability to summon our hearts. But I think the, the other aspect of this is that when God judges, he is not relishing the pain he is inflicting. Mm-hmm. He is trying to eliminate the evil that exists trying to correct it. So what God hates is what is wrong, not the wrongdoer in the sense of like, oh, I'm going to, that, that, I'm done with this person kind of thing. And so that, that needs to be said as well. So, I mean, I believe in a genuine heaven and a, like a real heaven and a real hell for those who are followers of Christ at the end of their lives and those who are not. But I don't believe that God is sitting there just like eagerly waiting to start flinging rebellious people into hell, mm-hmm. but rather summoning everybody to heaven 
but there is a necessary consequence for the rejection of a holy God. And when I say holy, I mean the most perfect being beyond our imagination, who, who we ought to be pursuing. And so we as Christians need to try to depict that. What God wants is the summoning of every rebellious person to the joy of living with, with him and following his son. The consequence, the judgment is for those who refuse. And it's, it's a necessary thing, but not a thing that God is just reveling in and relishing as, as he gets to, you know, inflict pain on, on sinners. We're talking with Barnabas Piper, who is an assistant pastor, and he is an author and a, a podcast host. And, and we're talking about the difference between punishment and consequence. And uh, also, this is turning into my own personal therapy session. And thanks for joining us. Um, I used an example a little while ago about how uh, in church, when I grew up, it was often the message was act right or God's going to punish you. Also, there were sermons about God's patience and grace and mercy have a limit. The, the, the analogy was like a parent, if you have kids that are playing in a pool and like you were just saying, they're running amok, they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing, they won't listen. Eventually, it's like, all right, everybody, out of the pool, we're going home. Is there a point where God's like, Okay, I've I've corrected you. I have I have you know given you consequences. You are not listening. You are done. Come home out of the pool. Everybody, let's go. Does that happen, or is God's grace and mercy and love inexhaustible? Kind of a both and. Um, which is, you know, it's a, it's a bit of an unsatisfactory answer, but I'll do my best to, to, to explain. Um, God's love and grace are inexhaustible in as much as every repentant person will be forgiven. So, the, you know, the, to, to use the pool example, the genuinely repentant child who just throws themselves you know, you leave the pool and you say, we're never coming back here again. You kids are such a disaster. And the next day the kid comes back and just in tears and says, I was so wrong. Mm -hmm. I was such a little, you know, jerk. Mm -hmm. Um, would you please forgive me? The parent says, you know what? I do forgive you. And you've got a second chance. Let's go back to the pool this afternoon. Right. So it's every repentant person will be forgiven. God does not reject somebody who turns to him. There are, there are times, like, God's patience does run out in the sense of, if you reject God to the end of your days, you, 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 make, mm -hmm. you sleep in the bed you made, type right. of thing. Right. If to the end of your days you reject God, and sometimes it's in minor ways, you know, if you waste an opportunity that God has given you, sometimes he removes that opportunity. You know, if, if, if you've been called to the pastorate and you neglect and abuse your congregation and you're, you're using them to be, you know, for personal gain, God will often remove the, the, the blessing of pastoring from you. If God blesses you with a marriage and you cheat on your spouse and you treat them poorly and you abuse them, you may lose that blessing mm -hmm. because, because you wasted it. That is not, but that doesn't mean God's love has run out. That kind of goes back to what we were talking about with 
there are consequences for actions and there is it's a call to repentance. Does that, does that kind of clarify in terms of, Oh, it absolutely does. Yes. And it it does. God's love is, is, eternal, but also there are limits on certain things. And it absolutely calls back to our first podcast on this on this episode, um, is that there is a distinct difference between a punishment and a consequence. God in his perfection, again, I'm I'm trying to reiterate and, and, and mirror back to you what I'm what I'm hearing. God in his perfection has orchestrated or will orchestrate consequences from our bad behavior, when we choose to go against God's will, when we willfully disobey, it isn't so much as a God punishment as God is allowing the consequence to happen with a purpose. The purpose isn't just to punish. The purpose isn't just to inflict pain and suffering because of our decisions. It is with the intention of guiding us back to his perfect will for our lives. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think Hebrews, um, I don't remember which chapter, but it might be Hebrews 12, um, talks about God disciplining his children to lead them to repentance and holiness. So that discipline being a like, yeah, there, there are God, there are hard things in our lives that are happening to point us further into holiness, growth, following him, repenting from sins, not out of the sheer, like, just sort of God is hard-edged. So God's, God's judgment and God's forgiveness are never at odds. There's a, one of them is to lead us to pursuing the other. Like, we, we face consequences to lead us to ask for forgiveness, which God will freely grant. Absolutely. Barnabas, uh, for those of us that uh, want to get more of you, um, I know you've written several books. You have a podcast. Uh, I don't know if you do barbecues on the weekend where we could just stop by and say <laughs> hi. I, you know, but how can we learn more about you and get more of what you have to say? What What are some of these resources? Yeah, the easiest the easiest way. So I have a website. It's just barnabaspiper.com. There are a few articles that I've written there. Uh, you can find the books that I've written there, the podcast that I co-host, the Happy Rant that you mentioned. So barnabaspiper.com is kind of a good a good place to jump in. I'm also on social media, um, on Twitter, where I'll share. Um, I mean, I like to interact on Twitter. It's a great way to interact with real individual people. You're brave. I'm in Instagram as well, so you can find me both places. You're a very brave man. Hi, uh, uh, Twitter. Uh, anyway, and thank you very, very much for spending some time with us. It is. I know that we've barely scratched the surface, and and this this topic has tendrils that will go everywhere if we if you know if we just took the time to do it. But I really mm-hmm. do appreciate. I appreciate your wisdom. I appreciate your insight, and I appreciate you being honest with like you know what. Not sure I know the answer to that sometimes. I, I really do appreciate that, Barnabas. It's it's refreshing to talk to you. Thank you again very much for being here. Well, thank you. It has been a pleasure, and I, I hope these words have been uh, an encouragement and helpful. Thanks for listening. If you have questions or comments, send them to podcast at spiritfm.com. This is a production of Positive Alternative Radio. 
Today's podcast is made possible by the number one Amazon bestseller, Leadership Endurance by Brian Sanders. Inspiring and powerful leadership principles from the greatest leaders of all time, including Lincoln, Grant, Churchill, and FDR. Available now at briansandersauthor.com. Proceeds benefit your encouraging Spirit FM and the positive alternative radio family of stations.